Hello, hello, everyone. We are live here with YouTube and Facebook. Thank you for joining us today. And um, hey, you know who I am, but I've got someone here. I'm going to have her to introduce herself as we get going with Candid Conversation with Mama Fifi. Come on. <laughs> hello, everybody. This is Shantae Hawkins coming from you from Sage Executive. I am the business coach for Sex Coach, Sex Coaching, and Sex Education. And I've been with Mama Fifi for, wow, since 2015. So I'm glad to be here with you guys to hold candid conversations. We're going to learn more about Sex Coach and Alicia M. Hunt M.A. and Mama Fifi. So yeah. make sure to put your comments down below or your questions, and we'll do our best to answer those for you guys. Awesome. So let's get into it. Let's so, do it. <laughs> Mama Fifi. Yes. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about Felicia M. Hunt M. A. Give us some backdrop information. Well, sure. Um, well, I'm originally from Chicago, Chi Town, Southside. I was uh, raised, born and raised in Wentworth Garden, the one on 39th in Wentworth or Princeton. So yes, that's that's where I was born and raised. I have uh, two other siblings. I have a sister. I have a brother. Um, they have My sister have three children. My brother has five. I have a host of nieces and nephews all back all over now, but mostly in Chicago. And I moved here to California in 1986 when my son was just three months old. He just turned 36th on June 17th. So that's how long I've been between California. And um, I also used to live in Wisconsin when I got married. I moved to Wisconsin and stayed there. And so I then came back here in 2004 after my divorce. And that's when I was grieving about my relationship. Um, I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do because I had sickle cell. And prior to who I am today, I used to be bullied and teased as a kid, had a lot of anxiety about myself and around my identity. Um, I probably played it off well. Maybe my friends or my family didn't know that about me. And, um, but I used to think as I was growing up and I saw my friends uh, going off to college, I didn't go right after high school because I was sick so much. And grammar school, I missed like 53 days of school, you know, that's a lot of missing. And um, so I felt like I was just passed along, you know, because I got sick so often and I didn't have anyone and I'm not blaming my family members or anything like that. But like to guide me and just tell me, you know, how good I am and I'm better than this. You know, didn't have those kind of talks. I was just watching. I was just watching my family and doing my best. And um, and so with that, when people were growing up, you know, they were growing up and I felt like I was being left behind. You know, some went off to college, some started working because even having the ideal of working was get sick and if i get sick who would take care of me you know i had that kind of idea so i just thought 
I literally thought to myself, I said, the only thing I could really be is a parent. So I, I deliberately got into a relationship, fell in love, so-called, <laughs> and I had my beautiful baby boy, you know, and that's what I wanted. I wanted a boy. And then the relationship went sour and I moved to California because my mom moved to California. She was breaking up with her husband at the time because my biological father had already passed when I was 13. And so, um, yeah, she moved here. So I wanted to follow my mom. So after I had my baby, I came out here to be my mom. And uh, another like cousin, sister, friend, you know, who uh, was like a sister to me, moved out here as well. And then we moved in together. So anyway, that's how I got to uh, California. And then that's how I met my husband here in California at the time when I got married. And the funny thing is, because I had sickle cell, I didn't plan a wedding. I didn't do anything of that nature. We went to Vegas and got married. And none of my, uh, hi, hi, I see who's there. Hi, Mama Fifi. Hello. Thank you for joining. <laughs> and um, so I didn't know, um, you know, that if I planned for the wedding, would I be in the hospital, <laughs> right? So right. all of this is relevant to how I got here. Um, so I didn't plan it. My family members was mad at me, you know, because they thought they would be bridesmaids, you know, in the wedding, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> and I went and got married. I was like, well, just can you just be happy for me, you know, because <laughs> I do things the normal way, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, so then, needless to say, uh, we were together a total of 12 years. Uh, we had a long engagement. And then we finally got married in 99 and it lasts for about five years. And then 2004, I got divorced. And then I came back here uh, to California because by that time, my son had went off to college. I was like, okay, now I can just think about me, start my life over. He's in college. So he's going to be doing him. I'm going to do me. So I moved in with my sister friend, you know, because we were <laughs> raised together. And, um, her and her sister, you know, both of them had jobs and I didn't. So I was still with sickle cell. I was getting disability. So the only thing I could pitch in is whatever I could, whatever I could and help around the house, cook and clean for them while they work. And then the older one was like, what you going to do with your life? You know, I was like, can't you see I'm grieving? <laughs> Leave me alone. Can't you see I'm grieving? <laughs> you asked me what I would do with my life. <laughs> so the other sister, more softer, came and said, you know, these are, we are not biological, but they're sister by spirit. And uh, she said, well, you know, we need to know what you're going to do. I was like, okay, now I'll think about it. And so this literally happened. I was, at the time, Tyra Banks had a talk show. And I was watching Tyra Banks. And she had someone on there that was a sexologist. I said, shut your mouth. What is that? <laughs> that a real thing? <laughs> I go over to the computer and I researched it. And I, and um, what's her name? Ruth, Dr. Ruth showed up. I said, Dr. Ruth is a sexologist for real. I just thought she was some little short comedic lady they would just have on TV. Right. For you know, because she's old and she talked about mm -hmm. relationships. You know, that's what I thought. 
And I looked it up, and sexology had been around since the 1800s. I mean, it had oh, a history. Wow. Yeah, it had a history and everything. So I started searching for the school. And I found this school, but I could never get the connection. So I told my, went back to my sister, I said, I'm going to go back to school. I said, because, because I have sickle cell, I need to do something that will be comparable to me. So I won't get so stressed out, do mm -hmm. something that I love. So I won't be in and out of the hospital. That was my whole logic. Like, let me find this school. Let me start this journey because I believe I'm not squeamish about any topic about sex. I had already, people would always come to me and talk to me about different topics already. So I felt like, hey, I already <laughs> got, I got a foot in the door, you know, like I need to just go learn more, you know? And so, um, yeah, so I went and I went to Chafee College. I started off, I said, I'm just gonna start all over. And I got my associate's degree in psychology and literature. And then from there, I went to Pitzer College and I was able to uh, study abroad in South Africa and for five and a half months. And I took psychology and Africana studies, so a double major, got my bachelor's. A professor there then referred me to um, Pacific Ocean College, which this was all in marriage. And that's how I said, well, I can't find the sexology school. I'm not having no connection. So the best next thing I can do is become a marriage and family therapy therapist. And if along the way I find mm -hmm. this school, I'll get in it too. So I went and along the way, I found Sex Coach University and it was an online course uh, and because of, you know, complications and stuff, getting sick, it took me a long time to finish the program, but eventually I got my certification and that's how I became a sex coach. And um, then I got my master's in marriage and family therapy. And then I went on to get, go uh, enroll in to get my doctorate in marriage and family therapy. And I'll be finishing my dissertation hopefully by spring of next year. So I'll be doctor for marriage and family therapy I'm already certified sex coach, so I'll be wearing those hats. So that's my story and how I became a sex coach. Congratulations. That is <laughs> phenomenal. You. Soon we'll be calling you Dr. Mama. Soon. Soon. <laughs> Some people phenomenal. do already have to tell them I'm not that yet. Y'all going to get me in trouble. Don't be calling me Dr. yet. <laughs> They like you gonna do it. We just yeah, you doctor to me. <laughs> it's a good feeling, a, but but I'm not doctor yet. <laughs> that is a triumphant story. How you've yeah. overcome your disabilities to achieve great things. You know how you say you know having met you so many years ago at an event, a sickle cell mm -hmm. event, as a matter of fact. And um, yeah, I made the comment, I have sickle cell. Sickle cell doesn't have me. Yes, sir. With that mindset, you have gone on to achieve many great things since, you know, since I've met you and we began working together. I just want to take the time to applaud you for your efforts that right. every day, one foot in front of the other, that you go out and you do the work that you do to 
change your life and be that image for others to do the same. Disability aside, trauma aside, we still continue to put one foot in front of the other to create the life that you desire, right? Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. So tell us, how does Mama Fifi play <laughs> into Six Coach? Who is Mama Fifi? Yeah, so Mama Fifi is uh, is what my family used to call me. They used to call me Mama, my family, like my mom. My mom called me Mama. Mama, do this. <laughs> mama, didn't I tell you? And they called me Mama. And she called me Mama because as a little child, I was way before my years. <laughs> like <laughs> I would ask these questions. They'd be like, where did she get this from? And look at her, look the way she do this and do that. You know, I was like a mama, you know, to them. That's what I reminded them of, like a mama. You know, I am a Scorpio and, you know, <laughs> Scorpio's boy, I tell you. So, and then my friends, my close friends, just the friends, they call me Fifi, Fifi. So that's how Fifi came in. So I decided to put them together so I could serve my family and my dear friends who call me Fifi and Mama. So today, uh, my sister friend, Barbara, she always called Mama. She'll call me Mama to this day. So, um, you know, that is a name that just stuck with me. And so it also correlates with six coach, the number six. Six is a mothering number. It's a nurturing number. So it is a master number. If you know anything about uh, numerology, and I took the time out to look it up because I was also trying to be careful of saying the word sex. Because when you're on different platforms, you can get blocked or dinged or whatever. And I was like, well, if I already put a play on words, then that should protect me. And then when I thought about, well, what play on words would I use? I was like, hmm, I didn't know. And then I said, I'm going to use the six. I'm going to change it to a six. And so it's still sex coach, but mm -hmm. it's just spelled with a six. And so, but the meaning behind the six, I feel like I'm a nurturer, uh, a good listener. I feel like I am a mom to my clients, you know, because I hold space to them. And uh, that's how it all connects to the name Mama Tutu. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. It does come together in that way where you are creating a platform that's conducive for people to feel comfortable and safe as they explore sex, sexuality, and all of the things that follow with that. So that's phenomenal. Mama Fifi, you guys. Wow. <laughs> when somebody Amazing. says here, wow, how triumphant. You are a true warrior uh, ever and since. Every word. Well, thank you. It's not showing the name. So, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow. Okay. So, Mama Fifi and Six Coach. Six Coach, tell us how you came up with the vision. What is the vision for Six Coach? And tell us a little bit about how you come to creating Six Coach. Well, because I had taken. Hey, Shay. Hey, Shay, Brian. <laughs> So uh, how I came about it was because of my marriage and family therapy had, when I was in my practicum, I started off with sexual assault survivors. Mm -hmm. And I helped 
many different people, ages. I mean, I think I had a woman who was 80 years old and I was in practicum. So this was wow. just practicing and they love me. You know, I was able to hold that delicate space, you know, when somebody's been sexually assaulted and that trauma. And I was dealing with that population. So I said, I wanted to, I want to keep working with that population, mm -hmm. you know, because I was molested as a child myself at four, my babysitter, which was uh, a female. And I tell you, I, I, it was something about me, you know, how some children keep it a secret because they're embarrassed or been threatened. I told my mom and wow. my mom said, my mom said, I'll be right back. She said it real nicely. I'll be right back. And then my sister said, I'm going with you. And I said, oh, Lord. But anyway, to go on. No, I never saw her again, not even in the neighborhood. <laughs> right. Wow. But you, but, you know, I just think my mom went and had a talk with her mom. And I think, and she was pregnant, too. And I think back in those days, you know, they sent children off to the South, you know, adult children or teenagers or whatever she was. Right. Uh, I think they just sent her out to the South so she can have her baby and just, you know, be out of my way, you know, so <laughs> I wouldn't be further traumatized, you know, so right. I don't, but that's my theory. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So because of that, I wanted to work in that population. So I thought about that. So then I said, okay, as I start finding my niche, we back in 2015 had launched Six Coach. Right. And that's about all I knew at that time. And then around 2017, I said, mm -mm. <laughs> where are you trying to take me? I can't go, Shante. We're going to have to stop. Because I don't think I'm ready. Right. And so when COVID broke out, the domestic violence was on the rise. And I said, you know, I think it's time for me to start Sex Coach Back. Because there's people out there that need me. And a part of domestic violence is that men can rape their husbands, I mean, wives, you know. And uh, that's a part of domestic violence as well. And so I still wanted to help women. And what I wanted to do was um, set them free from shame to move into freedom into their sexuality. So my vision right. is to also help them identify what sex is. So that's how I started. Um, that's the ideal I started with, that I wanted women to be free and unapologetically free. And I wanted them to sit on their thrones as the beautiful queens that they are and know it and uh, learn how to use their voices and just command the room whenever they walk in it with confidence. Right. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. That is absolutely powerful. Knowing that you address sex, sexuality, identity mm -hmm. is so powerful. And your vision to help women to, to get that back so they yes. can stand right beside their male counterparts and feel strong, feel desired, feel important. You know, feel uh, worthy. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. absolutely, that is that is awesome work to be done. So right. I understand Sick Coach actually expands beyond 
the United States. There's some work that you're doing in Africa. Oh, yes. Yeah, tell I'm us a little bit about that. <laughs> Um, through Village Mindful Wellness Center, they have some connections in South Africa and Nigeria. And I am able to do my coaching with them because I'm a certified sex coach and I'm able to uh, coach them with all the issues or whatever the young people and adults have. And so I schedule appointments with them and check in with them every week and you know help them with you know identity issues uh whether it's you know with school or just something with everyday life and i did a couple of fundraisers for them and yeah so um i'm very excited about that i have met some other folks that have uh schools and other nonprofits out there and I'm just hoping to be able to collaborate with them and help them with whatever project they have and maybe in the future projects that I would like to do as well. Awesome. So Six Coach is a global, <laughs> a global organization. This is amazing. You're making strides all across the world. Yeah. Amazing work to be done. Tell me a little bit about the Six Coach philosophy and how that ties into your work that you're doing. Well, my philosophy is this, that we all have a first trauma. And that first trauma alters us, alter us from our true self. We go into this false self because we try to protect ourselves with these maladaptive coping mechanisms that when we get older, they doesn't serve us. We really have these walls and we really can't connect deeply to our life, to our love life and relationships. And so when we go through these first traumas and we, and I call the fall, the transgression, in that transgression, you discover, uh, well, you don't discover because you're unconscious of, you think you're doing what you're supposed to do. And that's where your false self develops. And then it's not until something else happened to cause this light bulb to come on to say, wait a minute, what am I doing? And I call, when you get to that point, I call that your aha moment. And when you have your aha moment, then you begin this journey, which I call going through the fire. And when you go through the fire, what you're seeking out is trying to find out who am I? You know, because you learn a learned behavior and any learned behavior can be a change behavior. Excuse me. And so when you go through the fire, then you get to a point to where you find your true self. And that's where I come in when you recognize that you've been on the wrong track and you don't know how to get on the right track, then my customers contact me and then I help them go through the fire because you're going to have to. There's no way around it. You're going to have to go through the fire. You're going to have to do the work, right? Because we are threefold. We are mind, body, and spirit. And all three have to be in alignment. And all three have to be healed. So I focus on well-being for life. 
right? I don't, I don't say, okay, keep coming to me when you have a problem. I want to work with you for healing, for life. Like you can take the tools with you and every time something come up, you can use those tools to get yourself to the other side so that you can always stand in your presence as your true self, knowing who you are, making real decisions, not double, um, you know, not second guessing yourself, not being, you know, undecisive, like truly desire, knowing what you want, living there. Like you, somebody asks you something, you can answer it. Not this, I don't know what you want. You know, you can literally say, yeah, yeah, I would like to go and see this movie and name it and everything. Not, well, whatever you like, and, you know, trying to make ourselves all meek and, you know, that's that trauma. No, live mm-hmm. full out. Live full out. Live who you are and, and get to know who you are. And it has nothing to do with gender identity. Nothing. The person I'm getting to, it has nothing to do with your gender. It has everything to do with how you was created to be. And when you go through that first trauma, it takes you off of that journey of discovering who your heavenly mother and father, whatever you believe in, uh, has created you to be. And so that's what I do with sex because you are born in your sex. Not your gender, not that identity, but the sex of who you are, who you feel you are, who you were created to be. And so I target, I target those people who understand that they have had some sort of trauma and now they want to live outside of that trauma and identify who they are. And then they want to be on a course to understand what's this all about for me and then be on that course to say i know i know who i am and i know whose i am and so now i can be in relationship i can be in deep connection i have nothing to hide i have no shame no guilt no pain none of that i am who i was created to be and so that in itself is how you move men and women who have experienced sexual trauma move them from the shame of that trauma into freedom in their sexuality. Correct. That's amazing. (laughs) So well-being for life, that's a path back to true self. That is the vision. The vision as we coach is helping us to move ourselves past that shame that we might feel around the sexual identity that we may have created for ourselves that might be that false self but when we ask those questions who am i mm-hmm. how come i you know we can come to six coach and discover who we truly are right you know you being able to help us to realize our true selves outside of any circumstance so yes. that way we can create those relationships that we desire exactly and have it. you can have it like I, I you know we always say I got to get when you say I got to get it's like it's like this tight you feel tight but when you say mm-hmm. I, I, I can have this it's like oh it's so nice to have <laughs> you know what I mean like I can have it right. it's not here yet 
but I can have it. You just keep yourself open to it and know that that is all a part of why we are part of the human collective. We are all connected. It's not about race, sex, creed, caste, color, all that. That's something that was constructed. So we are all a part of the human collective. And so, you know, what we desire, you know, what we speak, we can speak it into existence. And so what I do is I help a person shift the brain from the negative neural pathway to the positive neural pathway through what is called positive intelligence, PQ. I teach them some techniques and skills on how to get to the other side, get out of that negative self-talk and into more of a positive mindset and self-talk and recognize the saboteurs that we carry. I also have an assessment test on my website that people can take to find out what top is. You'll get all 10, but it'll be at least three that has high numbers. And those are your most sabotars that interfere with you getting to the other side. And so people take that test and they book a, a reading con a consultation with me and I'll go over their sabotars with them. And then from there, um, the, the way I have things set up, they can, it's like a comprehensive, holistic approach to their own healing the way that they want to. So they can right. go to my website and they can pick out card reading, Reiki, coaching, you know, um, different, you know, modal, different styles rather to help them ease into their journey of healing. And so I'm very proud of that, that I have these services. I am a master um, Reiki. Um, so I do provide that. I do read cards. I do provide that, you know. And so, uh, and then I do the coaching, you know. Am I missing anything? <laughs> I wear many hats. <laughs> yes. Absolutely no. I think that touches on it. Um, mm -hmm. How does this? How does this service begin? How does one's a customer's journey begin? Does it begin by taking a sabotage reading and then learning from there what could be keeping them from living in their desires, or how does the path start to doing? Well, that's that's part of it. I mean, if they just are in search, and they could start with the assessment first, and then they could just do a free 15 minute consultation where we get to meet each other and talk to each other and see what the main issue is. And if they like what I'm saying, then, Hey, I will direct them to what I feel that they should have and take. And if they agree, then they just go to my website and just click on the item, um, pay for it there, schedule it there. Um, and then I'll receive the appointment. And then it's a it's a um, remote call uh, where we we will talk on Zoom, or if they request it to be a phone call, we can probably do something like on WhatsApp or whatever. Um, but you normally is on Zoom, and uh, and then whatever they pick, if it's a four session, six session, eight session, twelve weeks, whatever, then for the next few weeks. I see them every week until we resolve the issue. 
so sexual how do we say this sexual issues for lack of a better term when somebody wants to get you know work with you or work with mm -hmm. sex coach what kind of troubles may they be experiencing well sometimes um you know i get a lot of either um anxiety or depression you know or sometimes you know it might be pain women having pain women are not having orgasms men maybe having uh what they call uh ed erectile dysfunction uh they might be experiencing some performance issue most men think that they have like early E early ejaculation, but they don't understand that if they go past a minute, that's not, I believe it's a minute. I'm, I'm kind of rusty on the time, <laughs> but it's either a minute to three. If they last more than that, they don't have ED. If you come less than that time, then maybe you may have an issue. And then we just unpack what's going on in the brain because most likely it's something in their mind about the performance of having to perform and we just work on what's going on in the brain to find out you know what could be causing the ee it's the same thing with ed which is early i mean which is uh, erectile dysfunction now it could be medication and so we always refer out make sure you check with your doctor find out if everything is okay physically so and then we move right into you know, uh, is it some sort of, uh, you know, uh, issue medically? If not, then we just move straight to digging in again. What is he telling himself? What kind of self-talk? What is, what is going on? Um, and then like my couples, when I see both, sometimes it's usually around something they didn't talk about before they became a couple. And I give permissions to my couples to create the kind of relationship that fits them. Stop trying to be traditional. Stop trying to hold up what you've seen. Be open to communicating and creating the type of relationship you want. You have that privilege. You have that right. You have. You have. You deserve to have the type of relationship that you want. So create it. And I give them permission to do that. And they be like, I never thought of that. You know? Right. You know? And that goes back to the emancipation of the former ideals that no longer serve us regarding our sex, our sexuality and our identity and how that plays into our relationships and our primary relationship with ourselves. So right. we can't, if we're not free to be, to enjoy ourselves, Right. Um, and understand. I mean, the way we were socialized as men and women, we right. were socialized very different. And the other thing that comes up is that because men think we're so emotional and have all these feelings, that something is wrong with the feminine. And then men, because they're so like linear and, um, the other word that I'm looking for, you know, it's like more, more just direct straight, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, they want to fix things all the time. And I always show this video with this lady. 
talking to <laughs> talking to her mate with a nail in her head in her forehead to show that when she's talking she's talking oh i got this headache this way and now she got this nail in the middle of her head and she's talking about i have this headache i don't know what it is and blah 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 he's like well you get it it's not about the nail you know <laughs> and it's really this joke because it's trying to show how men are not able to dive into their feelings to feel what the woman is going through and it's only until he can really get into his feminine because we all have masculine and feminine but he needs the feminine to soften him a little bit to have that emotional connection that compassion but because they're socialized that i'm the head of household i'm the provider i'm the protect blah 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 where is that feminine energy in them to just take a time out and say i hear you you know and just hold that space you know um because we're nurturers and we know how to do that very well and if we didn't pay them that kind of attention they would be very upset <laughs> you know <laughs> so for us to continue to do our job that what we were created to do naturally so we got to be able to pour into us what we need so we could continue to do that so when i break that down to my couples and how that should look with them then they begin to fix it they begin right. to fix it you know themselves together they both have a part together in creating that kind of connection which bring about deep deep connection because it's all it's really spiritual sexuality is spiritual there's nothing physical about it it's healing you know it's uh it's just it's just wonderful places to be in and so that's why i aim to work on the identity who you are because i could tell you what kind of sex toys to get and what kind of positions and you know what you made out of and how you made and i can tell you how to reach pleasure i can tell you that but you're only going to last briefly you're not going to be long term if you don't know who you are so i focus on bringing the person up up a notch or two or whatever to a higher level for deeper connection because that lasts when you live in your desire every day that means you do exactly what you want every day exactly and it's not selfish you know it doesn't come mm -hmm. off selfish you always continue to be kind have good character and do no harm that's what this whole thing is about knowing yourself means that you can not only enjoy sex your sexuality yourself but also being able to care and, and love and the yeah. other person exactly right? as they are unconditional love unconditional what do your love when you have 100% love for yourself and you have 100% love for somebody else what can somebody else do with your love when you are responsible for your love right you keep giving your love despite if the other person is not receiving it well you do not let someone else 
bring out bad character in you because they're having bad character. You keep being yourself because that's where your blessings come from. Right, right. So you're just explaining your brand of sex coaching. That's my brand. Going beyond the pleasurable moments as it being an outcome of the deeper connection that you're helping people to establish, being authentic mm. within themselves, being mm. authentic with each other is going to yield that deeper connection and that pleasure. And trust and harmony and balance. You're going to get all of that. Right. Right. Wow. <laughs> wow. So what is Mama Fifi Six Coaches take on sex? Oh, what is my take on sex? <laughs> Yeah, like I said, you know, sex is healing. Um, it's very healing. The woman's orgasm is healing. Um, those are pure waters, you know, that flow. You know, the man giving up his life, his seed, at a given point, you know, it's all on a higher, on a higher level. And when, when a man gets to that point of no return and he holds himself back and live in that orgasm for as long as he come for as long as he can, that's like living in utopia for him and be able mm. to please his woman at the same time. So we talk about that and also practice that for men because sometimes they want to reach a goal. And sometimes getting together with your woman is not about reaching a goal. You have to be present. And, and sometimes it takes more stimulation because we are, as women, we have so many different points that turns us on. And it's like we're a playground. And if you just play with us a little more, you know, <laughs> you'll get the outcome that you deserve, you know, or what desire, I should say. And, um, and so sometimes we just have to bring those thoughts down, uh, relax, be in the moment, be present. And sometimes we as women, our part is not just to lay there and just think that the man should know what he's doing. He may have some experiences, but he might not know exactly what you like, right? It's like we're all women and we all wear dresses, but my dress might be blue and yours is red. You know what I'm saying? He needs to know what to do blue dress and you know your man need to know what to do for the you know red dress you know mm -hmm. and so and that's the thing it will the man be workable enough to take in what we say how we say it not we're not trying to uh do what is it um demasculate yeah him we're not doing that we are wanting to make him great. We want to make wow. him great because we see the potential mm -hmm. of what he can do and what he can be. And that's not just in the bed, that's outside of the bed too. And that's right. why they say behind every great man, there is a great woman. Great woman. Right. And sometimes men think the attraction that they get 
from other women is because of them. No, it's actually because of the woman you're with. Other people always want what they can't have. And so when they see you and you are glowing in your woman's orgasm, they want that. They're like, what is that? You know, the Matrix showed that with uh, Neo. That other woman who had a husband wanted to know what he was getting from his woman, the other lady, I forget her name in the movie. But he she he had to kiss her because he he she wanted what she had. Wow. That's yeah. <laughs> she she saw that connection and she wasn't getting that from her man. So she uh, manipulated the situation and made the other woman watch her kiss her man because she wanted to experience that. <laughs> that's me that is so deep your perspective i don't know your perspective boy wow uh, yes and we and, and you know and we as women because of the nurturers we are you know we sit back and we don't sit on our throne like we should and know that about our power about our orgasm our power gives us <laughs> that is deep. That because is deep. why? That motivate when we give of ourselves in a way that the man likes. That get motivates him to be on that call. What do you want? That's what he want to know. He wants you to be able to tell him what you want. Why? Because he wants to provide for you. Right. And when you're able to speak those words and tell him and give him what he wants, oh, every time. Every time you call, he gonna answer. Mm -hmm. Wow, there's some nuggets there, y'all. <laughs> some nuggets. Let's see who's in the chat. Hey, Reed, how you say your first name? I wish. What's that? How you Gruen? say the Gruen? Huh? I think Gruen. 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 Ah, we are bad with the name. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> but hey, Reed, I can say that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Does anybody have any questions from Mama Fifi? Drop your comments and your questions below so we can ask her. Get your questions answered. So, Mama Fifi. Yes. Your work with individuals and their sexuality, their orientation, and their identity. Mm -hmm. So we know that you work with them to teach them desire to live in these spaces mm -hmm. unapologetically. But what does it look like in terms of sexuality and identity and orientation? How do you help them in those areas? He said, call them G-I-G. <laughs> um, so, well... First, like I said, we have to identify the first problem. We have to identify what turned them to believe in whatever ideas or concept that they have about themselves, about what they can and can't do, uh, how they look. Can they look at themselves in the mirror? You know, can you just stand butt naked in front of the mirror? That is so hard for some people. Right. They can't even look at themselves just by their face. I have to take very baby steps to just to just look at yourself. Mm -hmm. 
But here's the kicker. When I put the test to them to explore Baby JJ, some of us never seen it. We watch it, but we don't we don't know what it looked like. Right. Number two, but then we get in the relationship and we hand it over to somebody else. And you don't know nothing about it yourself. Wow. How is that possible? So I wow. bring them back in to themselves to accept their bodies, to know how beautiful they are. You only have one body in this lifetime and you must embrace it and you must accept it. And you must love it. You know, I have features about me that I don't like, but you know, I know how to dress them up. <laughs> <laughs> I still love myself. You know, and I know how I look down there. I know how I feel down there. I know what excites me, what doesn't excite me, what I'm willing to do, what I'm not willing to do. Some of us go in not knowing, or if we know, we're afraid to say because, oh, you might think I'm this, you might think I'm that. You know, we do this to it. That's just, that's just false evidence appearing real fear. Right. We're living out of fear. So then once we get to that, then I tap into letting them come up with understanding their sexuality, their orientation. And what's the other one you asked me? Their identity. It's how they identify them. Yeah, their identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because I think those terms are really spiritual. I believe we are all made in the image of our most high, right? And what I mean by that, if the most high is inscrutable and incomprehensible, has no particular shape and form, then that's how vast we are. And to just try to put us down as a gender, male or female, and keep us in that box does not take care of all the other things we are. And so that's why in this society, uh, people are having a hard time with uh, homosexuality, you know, and all this gender issue. Mm -hmm. When when everyone is man is a manifestation of the Most High, how can we be upset with that? Right. So yeah. Um, so that's my thing is to also educate and bring awareness through my research of how I see the world and how I see uh, we are all one and how I see we are all made in the image. He said, let us, who was the us, make man. When he called forth the light, the light was the feminine energy and the light created everything. And when it was done, God stood back and said it was good and very good. So then when he create, uh, when he said, let us make man in our image. He then went on and said that male and female created he them. He created them. So we all have masculine and feminine in us. We have the them in us. And then as we see ourselves in 3D, 
out here in this world, when we come together, we are the them, the male and female. I don't care if it's the same relationship. Someone is masculine, somebody is feminine. We are not breaking that law. <laughs> and when they talk about the law, well, they can't produce children. Why do you just see children as something physical? Why can't you see offspring as the birth that they give through the exchange of loving one another? It could be a spiritual birth. It's what they do with their heart and their mind and what they got on their heart and their mind about what they're doing. That's giving birth too. I've so, never, ever, ever thought of birth in that perspective. Yeah, just like when you talk about oral sex. This is we're having oral sex. It's conversation. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Every time we come together. <laughs> something new. You didn't I think there's a question. There's a there question. Is a question. <laughs> That's a question. Read it for me, please. <laughs> All right. So G's question is how can a man make a woman truly happy? Truly, oh, that's a truly happy, he says. Mm -hmm. You that's too much for you to bear, that's too much for any man to bear. A woman has to be happy with herself first. Let me explain when we get in relationships and we talk about, oh, he completely, oh, she's she's the love of my life, my soulmate. When we do that, we're giving our power away, right? And what I mean by that is that if you're not responsible for your love that you have for the other person, how can, and then you don't love yourself, what kind of love are you giving? So my thing is we have to make sure it's in us if it's not in us we can't give what's not there when you talk about right. I, just, I just want to be happy are you is it in you to be happy if it's in you to be happy then you'll be happy with the one you with and what they do for you so it's too much for you to truly make somebody happy they have to be truly happy with themselves and when they're truly happy with themselves, then you can truly make them happy. Does that make sense? G says, yes, I can't make you happy if I'm not happy with myself. That is exactly. You can't give what you ain't got. That's so true. <laughs> Ooh, are you guys feeling me? It's getting hot in here. <laughs> wow. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> Wow, wow. <laughs> That's just a place to rest, you know, right there on that, that idea of if you don't have it to give, that's because you don't have it within yourself. G says, yes, that makes sense. So deep, so deep. And that's it's what like I'm revelation. about. I, that's what I'm about. You got to go deep with me. Like, don't be surface. I'm going to help <laughs> you get there because that's we all want connection. We all want connection, but we are so used to disconnecting. Like we think disconnecting is going to solve the problem. No, disconnection don't get you lonely and by yourself. 
That's what it's going to get you. So you might as well put, you know, put your boots on, strap them up, jack your slacks, put your big girl panties on, big boy drawers on, and get on, get get on in here, roll your sleeves up. Because if you guys don't go through the fire together, you never get to the other side. That's when you know what you made out of. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of asking the question. Ask as many questions during the dating phase as you can. And if I did this, what would you do? Like hypothetical question. You know, so so far out that what if this? And what? Like explore it all because I'm telling you, when it shows up in the relationship and you you didn't discuss it, you're definitely going to be in crisis and you're definitely going to be trying to find me. <laughs> you are. And then I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to hold the space and I'm going to help you get across. And that's why I'm here. That's what I'm here to and do. Maybe even seek a six coach before you go into a relationship. Get the marriage counseling, get the couples counseling, whatever individual counseling before you get into the dating you know check in make sure you are right explore explore your ideas see how you can have your desires because you're worth it so many of us jump headfirst into relationships with ideals passed down from generations what we were taught and what we weren't taught and what we weren't taught seems like it outweighs what we were taught you know, mm-hmm. and we're just out in the world, just feeling and feeling and feeling and navigating blindfolds on, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It's so imperative to know what true happiness is and where to find that, where to go to foster what happiness is. And then even to learn what pleasure is. There's so many of us out here engaging in things and totally dissatisfied because we don't understand. If we first must be happy within ourselves and we must find pleasure within ourselves. In order to give and it be and then being able to receive it. I feel like that is what genuine pleasure is, right? And so that makes total sense that we want to get our minds right and get our, you know, our outlook or our vision in place for what we're expecting to get, how much, you know, time we could save or so much emotional turmoil we could not experience if we would learn who we are, you know. <laughs> That. We have another question, I think. Yes, yeah. I think um, G said, I have found it hard to have a meaningful conversation with someone under the age of 35, Mama Fifi. <laughs> well, um, let me tell you, um, a female's brain mature at the age of, between the ages of 25 and 26, um, a male's brain takes a little longer between the ages, maybe like 27, 28, something like that. A little longer before that prefrontal lobe grows and gets some understanding. So 35, some people may have a deficit, especially if they've gone through some trauma because it stunts your growth. Whatever age, your first trauma happened, your developmental stages stop right there. So 
by the age of 35, somebody could still be 16. Somebody could still be eight. Somebody could still be 10. They haven't developed. The body has grown. It says it looks like an adult. But what is here has been affected. And so that might be what's going on is that they're not mentally mature, right? And they probably never thought that they needed help to work out some things. And so we, you know, so sometimes if we just kind, say things with kindness and ask those questions, have you ever sought therapy or coaching or counseling? You know, just make that a part of your conversation so you can see where a person is and if they've done if they feel like that some people have but they might not have extensively done the work to whereas it has held them over they might need to go back and really find someone that can work with them to help them get to the other side because you can have therapy but you by being traumatized so many other things can trigger you and you not know you being triggered. You just think, oh, that's just me. You, you got to deal with me. That's just the way I am. But it's actually a trigger. It's not you. That's a coping mechanism. And that is an excuse to behave in that manner because it feels good and it's comfortable and it protects you. You think it protects you. But it only keeps you disconnecting from leaning in to love and attraction and feeling what romance is about. You know, all attraction are not meant to be the end all be all. Some attractions are just there to test you to see how much you've grown. Because you ask for things and then your heavenly host makes it shows up, show up. And then they're testing you to see if you can handle it. And sometimes we fail miserably. And then we come Yeah, and then we complain as if it, we're not doing it to ourselves. We blame someone else for what is happening to us. Sounds like you're describing the false self. Yes. Yes. Yeah. After the trauma, the false self and how it just gets in the way. It keeps you blind. It makes you see things that are not there. Your perspective is off. And that false self sounds like it's a safe space because it makes you think it. It'd be like mm -hmm. it, it rears up, like what they say. <laughs> then you might be a people pleaser. You might be a judge. You might be a, 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 a hyper vigilant. You might be a victim. All these things come up because you was triggered, and you think that's just the way I am. Nope. So your sabotage and your false self kind of run parallel. Correct. You need, when you're in your false self, you, your sabotage show up to support it. Mm, to keep you there. To keep you there. They don't belong to you. When people say, well, my sabotage is, no, don't keep them. Don't keep them. I only help you identify them so that you can get rid of them or put them in control. Like you'll know in the moment what's happening to you you say no 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 i don't need you right now the adult me who i am i got this so the opposite of your sabotage is your sage 
your sage self, which is parallel to your true self. Exactly. All right. G has another comment. Um, he was saying, uh -huh. last relationship, my ex had trauma at early age of 14, and she is bipolar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And was she clinically diagnosed? Because we use that word, we diagnose ourselves so much that we do. And each other. <laughs> and each other. He's narcissistic. He's this. He's mm -hmm. it's like, did he get that clinically? Like did he did a therapist tell him? So that's what I want to know. Did a doctor actually diagnose her or a clinician actually diagnose her with bipolar? Because what is going on? If she experienced trauma, she's just being triggered. And it may look manic at some time, and then it might look calm at some time, you know. Or it may look anxious and depressed the next. So um, we have to know we have to know our triggers from trauma. You have to identify your triggers because someone could um, someone could just say something or someone can just show up or someone can just look at somebody just to look. And you might be admiring that person like, oh, they look so nice. I love what they got on. But they'd be like, what you looking at? That's trauma. <laughs> yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? You know, that's trauma. It's like you can't even stand for someone to look at you. And admire you. Someone to maybe give you a compliment. And it's not creepy, not that kind of thing. You can't tell the difference, and you what, 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 what? You know that's trauma, right? But you may Reach. think that's the way I am. Reed shares that uh, it was a clinical diagnosis from a, mm -hmm. a therapist or a psychiatrist, I believe. Right, and I think that with medication and getting to the root cause, she would be okay. She and some support from six coach Mama Fifi, she would be even better. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. uh, Mama Fifi, what yes. is who is six coach for? Who should come visit you if they have what kind of you know pain or desires? <laughs> well, someone definitely. Well, you know, you have to find a niche. And my niche is women, but I do service men from time to time. So I'm not close. But the kind of attitude or the kind of thing the person needs is to be ready. Ready to go through the process. And they're at the point where they are had been pondering and been having this feeling like, I know there's something better for me. And I know there's deeper connection and i know it exists but i don't know how to get there and i need help to find it you know and because of my own personal experience i know how to help someone get to desire it is not an it you know i can't sit up here and lie and say it's an easy task i'll be lying to you so when when like in the consent form and in the in the intake, we have to tell people that, you know, this might be emotional sometimes. Some parts of this might be hard. 
but I'm here and you are in a safe place to discuss it with me. And so uh, that's just the reality of it across the board. And so I just say that, you know, you're at that point, at that crossroad, and you don't know which way to go. And you're seeking help to make the right decisions for you, to feel connected, to feel loved, to feel valued, to feel worthy, to move through life, knowing your place and your space in this world as you should be as your authentic self. So that would be who I would work with. Wow. Really? Yeah, people who have mental illness, G, always that's that's that uh, comorbidity. I you know my my tongue my tongue is not strong sometimes, but that's that duality that diagnosis of having mental illness and codependent on some sort of drug. Um, that's what they do, and so that's why. And you bring up a very good point there when you mentioned that. That's why we in the mental health field have to come up with some clear definitions about mental health and drug addiction. Because when somebody is addicted to drugs and they say they're de depressed and have anxiety and they think that's why they're doing the drug. That is, but addiction is addiction. Addiction has its own set of rules. It has its own way of um, getting to the other side, you know, uh, by detoxing, and because that brain has to change. Because when you get addicted to something, your whole brain just desires the drug. You don't, you don't want to eat. You don't want to do nothing else. You just think about how you can get that drug. So that's one thing. Mental illness deals with uh, the chemicals are not connecting or not firing right. Things are not connecting right in the brain something is happening chemically and so that's why they make the psyche um the psychotropic drugs to make sure things are firing correctly and things are being filled in to make that brain right but the thing where it gets twisted because i have a son that has mental illness the thing that get twisted i think they lump all the different types of mental illness together and i think everything needs to have its own category and have its own treatment and own uh philosophy its own modalities you know because if we keep looking at it the same way that's why we get so many people out there homeless that are mentally ill and it's not a thing of just detoxing Detoxing is not the thing for people who have real mental, mental, illness. mental illness. That's not all. You know, they need other things. And the people who have depression and, 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 and anxiety and they turn to drugs to ease it, they have the mental capacity to come to a decision and say, you know, I can't keep living like this. Something I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something to myself. So I'm gonna seek help. 
but a person who is truly mental it have mental illness can't they think whatever is going on with them is normal they 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 cannot come to their own consent because that brain tells them they're right and that's the dilemma and then if it's not an emergency meaning that if they're not threatening to kill themselves or harm someone else there's nothing a loved one can do to help a person who have mental illness nothing you can do so that's that fine line that's that fine line so if she still have the capacity to make the choice to consent to treatment then that's the only thing that I feel that will help her. I believe the symptoms of the bipolar will reduce because things will start being put in place and she will start using other skills and other technologies uh, or, or techniques rather to uh, reduce those symptoms. His last comment down at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, did you want me to read that one out loud? Well, yeah, I, I, I see it. No, I see it. Well, yeah, sometimes it is it is uh, genetically um, handed down. So that means a parent or a great-grandparent or a grandparent or a great-grandparent, something has been passed down through the genes genetically, and that's why it's affecting the family. And sometimes on the spiritual level, we come in carrying some energy from our past lives that we have to learn how to get off of us in this life. Mm -hmm. I just believe that too spiritually and energetically. Um, things that we experience in our mother's womb as babies, we take that in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes stuff that's on us don't belong to us, but we because it's so close, we feel like it's us. But if you take a closer examination, these things could be revealed to you and you could begin to start working on letting that go. And so that don't belong to me. That's not me. That's not me. It doesn't belong to me. And you get that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Does your work with the you know, this word gives me trouble. Mm -hmm. Reiki, does that um, reveal these type of things that you're explaining right now? Yeah, Reiki, uh, you know, can bring out some ancestral things, some genetic things, because um, it's just energy. You tap it into the person's energy, and their energy is telling you the story. And so whatever you bring out, you inform the person, like, this is what I felt. Did you feel that? This is what it was telling me. Do you is that true? You know, you kind of tap in and um, to what's going on with them, and then you help them work with how to release because every cell in our body is alive, and we hold memory. Old memory is all there. We think because it's past, it's not there, but it's it's in us at a cellular level. Right. So we really need to do the work to to clear that up clear it out at a cellular level amazing 
Reed, yeah. uh, I mean, G, I'm sorry. Um, he's, his comment was, Mama Fifi, why do a lot of warriors suffer from depression real bad? I don't let SCD affect me mentally. I don't do depression. I think that's depression. Yeah, so sickle cell disease, sickle cell disease, SCD, that's what he means by that. Well, I think it ties in with everything that I've been saying about not knowing who you are. I think, like I said, when I was bullied, when I first found out at the age of six that I had sickle cell disease, I looked at my mom and I was like, what? And she looked up at me like, mm. You know, we never heard of it. <laughs> we never heard of it. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and so uh, we just listened to the doctor when he said, well, your daughter might not live past 21. And, you know, this is what's going to happen. And she got to take X, Y, and Z medicine. I wasn't taking no medicine before I knew anything about sickle cell. Now I got to take folic acid for the rest. Can you imagine hearing that for the rest of your life, you know? taking, you know, folic acid, needing antibiotics up until a certain age because the complications you can have. That can play a mental illness on you. That can play some, some kind of mental health issue on you because now you got to figure out, well, who am I with this thing? But this is all we have to look forward to. So you get depressed, you get anxious um, because you're trying to figure it out. So we can't blame you know, the victim, so to speak, the person who have sickle cell. But what we can do is encourage them to look on the other side, to really dig deep to see what they're made out of. What are their, what is their self-talk? I can't do this. I can't do that. If you keep saying that, you can't. If you keep saying that, then you're right. You cannot do that because you're speaking it. But if I help you and train you on how to say, I am worthy, I can do it. I am doing it. I am doing this today and I'm going to do this tomorrow. And I am healthy. I am healthy. I am prosperous. I am abundant. I can do anything when I put my mind. If I teach you things to say and then like in the moment, when you're really feeling depressed, you stop, you take a breath, you look around and then you start naming things and saying what color it is. And so you can make, put your feet flat on the floor, feel the floor and become present. And then look around and say, well, is any of that happening? Whatever you feeling, like, is that, am I safe? Yes, I'm safe. Is this really happening? No, that's not happening, you know? So you have to bring yourself to reality because we can catastrophize things and make it worse just based on a thought that's not real. Self-fulfilling prophecy. We're not aware of how powerful a being yeah. are going back to the, the concept of being created in the most high, the image of the most high. He spoke things into existence and as a replica or duplication of our higher power, we manifest with our mouth with our tongue we create the space in which we live in so we have to be mindful of what, what we say. say absolutely that is so true so um if you don't believe in depression that's why you're not depressed 
if you don't believe it it ain't real to you and that's why it doesn't affect you because you don't give it the time of day but if you're focusing on that that's all you're going to get is what you focus on giving it your power to exist exactly exactly so i had to come to grips at the age of uh i think it was like 23 24 i had a bad crisis i was having crisis like one weekend one week out the hospital one weekend one week i mean i was back to back back to back you in the hospital again yes and i kept doing this back and forth and one day i went in i said this is not healthy for you either to keep coming to the hospital you know even though you get relief you get the pain you get better, you get the pain under control you get better but that's not healthy either the medication is not healthy what was this this crisis is not healthy it's traumatizing to the body you know you keep doing this you will expire sooner than you want to so felicia get it together what is it what keeps causing you to be sick and i had to think about it and the thing that i learned is that sickle cell work on stress anytime i'm stressed or anytime i didn't want to have a confrontation with somebody and i held it in i'm sick and so when i thought about that i said oh no everybody going on what they like they happy and fine they done said what they need to say felicia you need to say what you need to say because people is living their life and going on they don't said what they want to say and now <laughs> you in the hospital sick girl you better start talking mm-hmm. you know and that's when i learned i said oh no i'm gonna I'm reverse this energy because energy keep being put on me and i carry it i'm gonna accept my responsibility for what i do and the rest i'm giving that stuff back right i'm not holding it i'm not carrying it and that solved that problem i was no that's longer not. in one week and out the nuts no longer I don't know when i don't know when last time i've been in a hospital for a crisis i've been in a hospital but because of other complications other things but not in pain and every time they ask are you in pain nope i didn't come here for pain i came here for something else <laughs> always been something else and they keep checking you want something for pain nope don't i'm not in pain i didn't come here for that you sure you're not in pain nope i'm not in pain. i'm sure I'm not in pain. <laughs> and it's so phenomenal to them that wow she's not in pain <laughs> you know but yeah it's my mind because i made up my mind like you said early shantae that i live with sickle cell but i'm not sickle cell mm-hmm. yeah sickle cell is in me but i'm not in sickle cell <laughs> right right but I, I have, i'll have an identity felicia my mom said i named you felicia that's your name and I just never corrected anybody because I had friends in high school named Felicia. And I, you know, hey, everybody call them Felicia. I just let them call me Felicia. But my name is Felicia. That's how you pronounce my name. So <laughs> I, Felicia, you know, have an identity. Mm-hmm. And that's the work that is done as a coach is separating yourself from your trauma, separating yourself from your dis-ease and being your authentic self outside of those traumas and diseases. That you can live a life that you desire even under 
some of the strictures of circumstances, that they don't have you, but you have them. And you can learn to live with them, you know, but you being who you want to be, your true and authentic self. Right. So G says, that is so true. Stress is the biggest reason for crisis. Um, he also said that is beautiful, what you have just shared. And even though I suffer from chronic pain every day, I don't let it affect my mental well-being. That's, That's good. What do you do? You meditate or something? What do you do? What do you do to take your, to keep your mental health, your mental fitness? That's what it is, really. Uh-huh. Just share that with us, G, if you can. Um, but we went over time. <laughs> Absolutely. If I can. If I could wrap, if I could just say some few remarks about Six Coach. Yes, go right ahead. <laughs> I, oh my goodness. Oh, he says that he, G says, I pray and I give it to God. There's no better. Give him the glory, give the glory, give the glory, give him the glory. That's why we warriors, soldier. Yes. Yeah. Yay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go the ahead. work, the work that is being done here at Six Coach from the very beginning, I had no idea that we would, you know, that you and the brand will evolve to this space. It is truly, <laughs> it really is truly an honor to walk with you every day Aww. and watch you grow and expand and step all the way into who you are. Thank you. It's amazing. I know we did a lot of unpacking and breaking down and unpacking and breaking it down. Right now is just oh, you got on my nerves, Lord child. Jesus, <laughs> it's worth it. But I know she believed in my brand and believed in me, so it was all worth it. Yes, and just to think about in the beginning how all of this hadn't yet come all the way out. But this no. is amazing just to know that it's still unfolding oh yes. my gosh it is so what is the future of mama fifi felicia hunt six coach what's next well what's the future for mama fifi well hopefully in the future i would love to move from remote to a location also like you say i wanted to be more global i also want to have mama fifi merchandise um what i have on is kind of like it's a kind of like part of the merchandise that i would like to sell and um i don't have on my merchandise earrings today but i do have some mama fifi earrings things that i'm working with um a stylist and a creator um of Mama Fifi branding in terms of merchandise. We are coming up with some things and we will have a merchandise page on my website coming up soon. Um, yeah, I just want to expand and uh, develop my uh, mandatory family mandatory family reunion, breaking cultural barriers, nonprofit, and start some mental health programs um to support families and parents who have adult children with mental health issues i do want to do something for that population come up with some programming for that 
and um, just to help the parents out because it's so difficult because there's nothing we can do. Our hands are literally tied, but we can, you know, we can find some peace and know that our children are on their own journeys and that they did in spirit write an end to the madness. And so we have to just trust that they wrote a good ending, <laughs> that they could that they could come up out of it, and we just be there to protect them and catch them and guide them through the journey. Still, so that's one of my passions I want to do. But yeah, I want to have a one stop shop where I have coaching and I have therapy and I have Reiki and I have card reading and I have um, all different types of modality yoga dancing all under one umbrella where people can come and work on their well-being for life all right so for now where can we find you well for now you can find me at www the numbers dot www.6excoach.life to visit my website if you have any questions, you can email me at info.sixcoach.life and I'll be there to answer your question. If you want to get on my email, you know, leave your information here in the comment and I'll put you on my emailing list. Or just email me and give me the information and I'll put you on the emailing list to keep you involved and whatever I do. Awesome. Yay. It was fun. This was fun. We're at the end. <laughs> Any last questions? Anything. Um, what it says, every day, I don't let it affect my mental well-being. We said that. I pay, I pray and give it to God, yes, and leave it there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a trick. That's for sure. That is for sure. If you don't leave it there, you just, just drag that stuff on. You know, you can't. You got to leave it like, hey, I done made my prayer. He done answered. He got it. I don't have to keep praying over and over, over, and over. It's done. Wonderful. So I have well, yeah, took down. Yep, we took down your information. We'll make sure to put you on the email list. Awesome. Yay. Oh, this has been wonderful. Thank you all for joining us today with Kind of Conversation with Mama Fifi. We will possibly do this again. Um, this was our first trial on this. I just wanted to come here and give you a little taste about who I am and what I do so that you can feel comfortable about seeking services if you like. Um, yeah, so uh, any last remarks you need to say, Shante? Oh no, I just thank everybody for participating, listening in. This is my first rodeo, so thank you guys for making it. Yay, Shante again, she did a wonderful <laughs> job. <laughs> Yes, yes. I love her. She works very well with me <laughs> and I appreciate her. So thank you so much for joining. 
is Mama Fifi. Peace out.